All right. I have Joe Hernandez with me. You've been in stuff such as The Last of Us Part 2, Rage 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, NBA 2K 21? 21, this... 22, 20. Uh, the most, like the past couple years, I've been in the past couple NBA 2Ks. Yeah, you, you've been balling. It's been nice, man, which is funny because I'm so not like athletic at all. I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really play basketball. Like, that's not my, my thing. I was a swimmer in high school. Like, I did water polo. So, like, basketball was not, not my thing. The most I did when it comes to water, so I give you props, I did rowing. And I don't know oh. how to swim. But, like, being on the machines and actually in the water. That's good a good workout, though. Yeah, those machines are brutal. That's a good workout, They're man. Brutal. That's a great way to get some exercise right there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. It was a good time. But also, Spider-Man, um, Breath of the Wild, yeah. as everyone knows. And for shows, I just want to include them. You've been in quite a few adventures because you've been in JoJo's and both Barbie, Dreamhouse Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been fun to play in those uh, those sandboxes, man. And uh, <laughs> the JoJo's fans, man, they're they're a special breed all their own. I mean, they're like, definitely passionate. It, it's funny because it's like sometimes it's like you know when you record something, you don't know when it airs, and you don't know like what episode per se. They they right. don't like lay it out for you, like okay, you're in episode two, three. Like sometimes mm -hmm. you kind of have to figure it out on your own. When my episodes from JoJo's would air believe me people would blow me up on twitter and they'd be like hey man you're like this yeah like they yeah. were on top of it so i mean that speaks to how passionate the the jojo's fan base is that's awesome yeah and i'm pretty sure like each series that i said have like obviously like different fan bases but i'm sure like the fandoms kind of react to things differently you know yeah, I mean, and it, it's it's crazy, man, because um, I auditioned for, I can't remember what, I think I know which which role, I'm not going to say which, uh, mm -hmm. but for uh, the previous season, I, I uh, auditioned for Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh, wow. And I was like, I, I really wanted this one. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. come on, this is, come on, this is going to be it, it my, is it. my, this is it, and didn't happen. So, like, I was like, oh, man, you know, you kind of, you know, you, you just kind of, you know, you lick your wounds and you kind of grovel for a little bit and then you pick yourself up and you move on to, you know, whatever the next project is. Mm -hmm. And then they came to me and like, hey, do you want to do uh, Golden Wind? And oh, I was wow. like, yeah, I'm totally down to do that. Like, yeah, absolutely. And it was it was kind of crazy because it's like it's JoJo's. So everybody in JoJo's is just like chiseled good looks everybody's mm. so buff and everybody's ripped and everybody's like just super hardcore tough macho like just so badass and they're like we want you to play pesci <laughs> 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 who is not any of those things right um i mean they showed me the artwork of him and it's like yeah he's got a turnip head and and it's like okay how do i do this because you know yeah. like again you look at like jojo's and everybody is just so grounded and so serious and so mm. tough and like you know they're just so badass and everything and then like how do you voice this guy who just he is the runt of the litter he's such a goofball and um you know working with tony oliver we kind of collaborated and kind of found a voice that would sort of fit in yeah. with with how odd of a character he is 
you know, and he kind of has this, you know, like little kind of New Yorker sound to him a little bit. And he kind of <laughs> kind of talks as if he's constantly constipated and he's got to go number two everywhere he goes. And he's mm. just always really wound up. And right. that gave me a really great jumping off point for his voice and his personality uh just because you know you look at at his circle and he's kind of like i said he's the run to the litter everybody kind of treats him like crap mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy you know there's there's an arc uh when you look at his story uh to see you know it, it definitely does speak to the people that you surround yourself in your environment um as far as like making sure that you have people that actually support you and it's right. it's crazy what you can do if you have like an environment around you that is nurturing to your emotional and mental well-being where it's like, oh, gosh, the things that I can do, the things that I can yeah. achieve, you know. And so, I mean, you know, what, you know, environment, man. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's really key, especially when it comes to voicing characters like that. But I'm actually quite curious how if you could tell me how similar was the character that they, you know, had you voice compared to the one that you auditioned for, you know? was Do you think you got the role? Because I was like, we know Joe, we love that guy. Or like, was the audition so similar? I was like, yeah, we know he can nail this guy. Let's give it to him. I mean, you, you it's tough because you don't want to go too cartoonish for something like JoJo's. Right. So, you know, I, you know, and it's, it's golden wind and everything's, you know, very Italian and all that. So, but again, like, so you, you want to go very, you know, kind of mobster, mafioso, you know, New Yorker, Italian and all that. And uh, they were like, no, we can't go too heavy on the accents. Right. So it's like, damn. Okay. So again, you, it's, it's, a, it's a constant like process where, you know, you kind of put things out there and then they'll come back to you and they'll say, okay, maybe try this, maybe do this, maybe do this. And it, it you know, just every session working with Tony, it was like kind of wrangling me in a little bit because sometimes, you know, you can kind of fly off the handle when you get a little too animated with a character like this. And, and other times it's like, no, no, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. So again, yeah. it's this constant like collaboration where you have to, kind of put your trust in the director and, mm -hmm. and that they know what they're doing and just, just, you know, trust that, that they're going to lead you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now to go back to the list of things that I said you were in, cause they're very different. <laughs> and when it comes to, there's like a big Twitter discourse about it pretty recently. And I wanted to pick your brain about it. Um, of all these titles, you know, Kingdom Hearts three, 2k last of us, three different type games and you was doing additional voices for them. Can you like guide me through the process of like, I guess the additional voices, uh, role and how different, I, like, you know, game. it's what's the, the expression that they say, Jack of all trades, master of none, where, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, for a lot of these types of roles, additional roles, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's a video game or, or anime or, or, um, animation or whatever. Um, they like, certain roles need to be filled. You know, you're always going to have your, your, you know, hero, you're going to have your villain, you're going to have your princess, you're going to have your, your best friend or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes you need, you know, in the sports world, like a utility guy, a yeah. guy that maybe isn't like the, the, the starring role, but that can give you, you know, a variety of four or five different characters, each that are unique from the next. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's, that's, you know, just as important to kind of round out your cast, 
um, to have that versatility, you yeah. know, and, and it, it speaks to just, you know, are you versatile enough where you can pick up, you know, a couple of different roles here mm-hmm. or there, you know, on a whim at, at, with what they throw at you. Um, and, and, uh, you know, there, in my opinion, there's no shame to additional voices. Hey, a win oh, is I a win. Agree. You booked it, you're on it, you're doing it. Um, you, you know, get it, you know, and it's, it, everybody does it. And, and there are big names in voiceover that do additional voices. Um, you know, you know, big names in this industry that still find themselves doing it. And it's like, there's no sh- shame in it. So, yeah, you know, why not, man? I remember when uh, the remake for Final Fantasy VII came out and like there's like a Twitter post with like the cast and I was just looking through the additional voices. It was just like big name after big name. I'm like, man, that's insane that just even the additional voices roster was just so stacked, you know? You know, go and watch any movie and you look at the end credits and you're going to find the Walla groups. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the Walla groups. You're going to see some big names, man, some talented people on those credits that that do walla you know right. it's it's for a movie it's for you know but again at the end of the day you know they may be you know lead here but at the end of the day you still got to work you still gotta you gotta exactly. keep yourself busy so why wouldn't you why would you deny yourself the opportunities you know so that mm-hmm. that's the way i look at it yeah now i took a class with you that's how we first met and i remember when i first heard your voice because I never heard you speak. Like, I never, like, seen any, like, <laughs> interviews or anything. And when I first heard your voice, and I only knew you from, like, Daruk, I'm like, whoa. You know? Like, that's pretty different. It, now, it is it is crazy, man. Yeah. Can you tell me, Um, because, of course, everyone can kind of put down, like, a deeper voice. But, like, how are you able to, I guess, sustain that, you know? Like, was the sessions very long? Do you find that difficult to, like... Get that deep voice and like keep sessions, it in Sessions were long for Daruk. I mean, we'd go three or four hours. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, I heard a lot when I was studying uh, voiceover, you know, hey, if you're going to do a voice, doesn't matter, you know, if it's animation, video games, or whatever, make sure that you can do the voice, but not just do it for like five or six minutes. Like, can you legit do this voice for like four hours? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and don't kid yourself. I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. Like, and, and, you know, there's, there's a certain degree of like vocal wear and tear that like, right. you know, just over the course of three or four hours, man, it, it wears on you. And fortunately, one of the things that I'll say that's been really good about the voiceover industry, I would say probably the past three years or so, there mm-hmm. has been this renewed focus on vocal health. Yeah, that's um, good. As, especially as it pertains to like creature voices or anything that's just like really, really um, strenuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I worked on a video game. I can't say which one, but I did some creature voices recently and they're like, hey, you know what? We're just we're going to take it easy, you know, and and like your average voiceover session could be two hours could be three hours could be four hours if yeah. it is a creature voice session and they 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 already will tell you like hey this is gonna kick your butt one of the the new things that sag is pushing for is that anything vocally stressful will actually be two hours 
Okay. And and that is that is as that's far it. as they can go. And it's like, yeah. oh, thank God. That's because good. it's like if I if I had to do four hours on some of these voices, like there would just be no way, man. Like you just you just and it's not just the creature voices, man. It's mm-hmm. military speak. If you do efforts and stuff like that, like um, you know, say for example, you're doing like a Call of Duty or you're you know modern warfare or you know whatever, any of that stuff. You know, it might not seem like a much like much, but like, let's say you have a two hour session and they want you to do 200, 250 lines. Yeah. And every, every one of those lines is, you know, grenade, get down. Oh, RPG incoming. You know, and it's like, again, at first, after five minutes might not seem like a lot, but when you get to like. 45 minutes mm-hmm. and it's starting to hit an hour yeah. an hour 15 like i'm sorry man that's gonna wear on you man and so again you know the performance notwithstanding like you got to make sure that you can deliver the goods first of all but mm-hmm. also you got to make sure you have the stamina yeah. where your voice can hold up and do that and that that is again that is a skill set in of its own mm-hmm you know, being able to do it, um, project and and do it safely so that you're not hurting yourself. And I mean, you know, that's why I'll push for it. And, and sometimes the studios that I work with will fortunately push for it as well. They will tell me, you know, hey, we have something very vocally strenuous. Um, we're going to book you on Friday. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, I don't have any other sessions Saturday or Sunday. I could spend the weekend to kind of recover. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Because let's just say for the sake of argument, I did something crazy, you know, just ripping up my voice to shreds on like a Monday or a Tuesday. How am I supposed to work if I have sessions Wednesday, Thursday or Friday? Like you're just like, there's just no way. And so that doesn't do anybody any good. So, again, it's one of those things where. You know, the studios and the gaming companies need to be more conscious of it. And and also as a talent, you have to be willing to speak up too and kind of be like, hey, look, yeah, like, can we do this? Can we try this? Can we, you know, I just, if it's going to be taxing, let's try and move it to a Friday or something like that. And, and, and usually people are pretty cool about that stuff. Again, when it comes to vocal health, I mean, everybody across the board is usually very understanding, very cool and very um, just they, they just like, you know, nobody wants to wreck somebody's voice, you know, right. nobody wants to be the reason why somebody blew out their their vocal cords or anything like that. So, again, you know, everybody's just trying to help out as much as they possibly can. Yeah. And I think that's a very important thing, because, like, I see a lot of uh, at least I've been in classes with like newer people and like kind of what the classes are is kind of them like learning their limits you know and like how much they could scream for a while like how long they could do it and i'm sure classes versus sessions is completely different you know and building that stamina i think that in itself is a skill that doesn't really get spoken about too much um but it's nice to hear that you know things are kind of shifting towards the vocal health uh you know way um but to go forward one thing that I did want to ask you about is the kind of stereotypical what got you into voice acting. <laughs> but like, I'm sure, were you a gamer growing up? I don't want to make an assumption. No, no, I was. I was. I was. I don't want to say that I was a latchkey kid, but mm-hmm. I was a little bit of a latchkey kid. I grew up, and uh, my brother, who's about seven, eight years older than I was, 
you know, we had the NES in the house. We'd have the Super NES, you know, and, and right. you know, by the time the N64 came out, uh, my brother was already out of the house. So that was the first system that I had entirely to myself. Yeah, all yours. That's like, yeah. okay, finally, now I don't have to fight somebody for, you know, <laughs> to get some playing time on, on the video games and all that stuff. Um, you know, and I did play the original Zelda. I played, you know, Link to the Past. I played uh, Super Metroid. Metroid franchise, one of my favorite freaking uh, franchises in all of video games. I'm, I'm like smack dab in the middle of Metroid Dread right now. I nice. am knee deep in that. I am loving that game. It is so damn good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, I, I, I video game, man. And I go in and out, you know, like uh, there'd be stretches, you know, surprisingly during college, I didn't game as much because I was more focused on some of my studies. Yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, I, I did have an <laughs> Xbox. I did have a PS2, mm. um, you know, GameCube, you all that. Don't mind me asking. A theater. Theater. Okay. That was my thing. I was I was a theater student through and through. So again, you know, doing plays, did a lot of Shakespeare, um, and kind of going back to the vocal health uh, portion of everything. One of the techniques that I studied in college was um, like they call it kind of voice and movement, vocal mm -hmm. projection, vocal safety. Um, yeah. A lot of it involves like stretches, breathing techniques, Pilates, yoga, stuff like that. And there's a technique that my professors really focused on uh it was pioneered by a woman by the name of Catherine fitzmorris okay and she has a very unique technique that you know breath support diaphragm work all that stuff because if you think of it in terms of like you know you're in a theater and now you have to project now mm -hmm. you may not be hooked up to a microphone per se yeah, now you, you have sure to everyone project in the back here that, the people in the back so how yeah. do you do that how do you project and enunciate and do it with such clarity and support so that you're not blowing your voice out. I know it's crazy, right? So how do you do mm -hmm. that? So again, you know, that, that's what, that was a part of what my training was and come to find out Amelia Gotham who uh, voices Mifa in breath of the wild. Uh, we yeah. were, we were talking, she's like, Oh yeah, I studied that too. I was like, Oh, that's crazy. So again, no it's, way. you know, it, it, we obviously went to different colleges and, and, and all that, but, Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it's crazy to hear when like somebody knows this like crazy technique that you think is like totally secret. Like, you know, like not that yeah. like anybody's like trying to hide it from anybody, but again, you don't know if anybody knows the same techniques that you do. And so it's, mm -hmm. it was always fun. So we kind of talked about that a little bit. And she's like, if you, if you've ever chatted with Amelia, she's, uh, she's very kind of quiet, very reserved, very much like Mifa herself, you know, has a lot of those same personality traits. Yeah. Um, but again, she's really into like her fitness and her exercise and her yoga and her Pilates and like mm -hmm. all that stuff, man. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a, I was a theater major. That was my, that was my deal. And, okay, uh, you know, for a stretch there in college, I, I got away from like console gaming and I got more into like computer gaming. So I was all about like, uh, Counter-Strike. I was all about World of Warcraft. I was all about Dota. Oh, okay. I love Dota. Oh my Dota's God. Yeah, the, yeah. the number of hours that I logged on Dota, it's just, it's, it's unreal, man. It's so easy to waste time in that game. It's great. Dota <laughs> damn near ended my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, Dota is a four letter word to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm glad that we got this conversation in because when I bring up gaming, I know a lot of voice actors, they kind of get inspired by like maybe a video game that they play and it's like, all right. 
I want to be in this. I want to do this. Absolutely. But I, you know, Absolutely. I met some where like they are inspired by just actual, you know, theater, you know, or movies, you know, inspiration just comes in many forms. Now, do you think video games is the main inspiration? I was like, yo, I want to do acting. I want to do VO or like, was there like a, maybe like a movie or something that you watch or maybe just living? That made um, you my that first, this, this you know, I never thought about going into voiceover. It was never like, oh, let me, let me get into voiceover. Like I got to do it. I was like, you know, cause mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't know how to get into it. And a lot of people don't, people just yeah. think, okay, I can do television. I can do on camera acting and all that stuff. And, um, kind of picking up where we left off. I graduated from college. I had my degree in theater, did mm -hmm. a bunch of Shakespeare, did, did, you know, all that stuff. And I started working some some local theater in my area, and I found out very, very quickly that unless you are on Broadway or you're on a national tour, your ass ain't making money in theater. <laughs> like, let's just be real, man. It is it is hard to make a living doing theater these days uh, unless you're, like I said, in one of those those big contracts, you know. Broadway, off Broadway, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and so it's it's hard, man. And mm -hmm. so I kicked it around for a little bit and I was like, I gotta do something. And I had been doing character voices at Disneyland uh oh no way. since about 2004, 2005. How did that happen? I uh, just went out for an audition. Again, a buddy of mine in in my theater program was like, "Hey, they're doing these auditions. Do you want to go out?" And I was like, uh, "Sure, whatever. Okay, I need a job. Like, I just, you right. know, yeah, you know, I yeah, I could probably get a job. You know, why not? Yeah." So I did it, and uh, I ended up falling in love with it. It was great to be able to apply what I had learned in my theater program directly into a professional type setting almost right. immediately. Yeah, and it was it was great, and and um. Based off of the the character voice work that I did, oh, that I'm still doing over at Disneyland, mm -hmm. uh, that was sort of my gateway into voiceover. Like I said, I graduated in uh, 2008, and I kind of kicked it around a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I think I should probably get serious about this voiceover thing. So yeah. I started taking classes. I started taking classes and just hustling and putting it together and, and kind of learning the, the craft and learning the tricks of the trade and, and picking it all up. And it took me a while, believe me, like I was, I was kind of a slow learner and I, I did mm -hmm. not have a whole lot of momentum behind me to give you some perspective. I didn't start voiceover until maybe about 2012, oh, 2011 wow. around that time. Yeah. I didn't start booking until 2015, 2016. Wow. And I mean, when I say booking, I mean, like, I booked a job and I don't book another one for like six months. Yeah. So again, like, it, it I mean, the, the, the trajectory and the path to becoming just a working actor, uh, it, grind, it takes yeah. time, man. It, it is, it is, you're right, right. It is a grind, it wears you down. Now, what um, did you do to, like, you know, stay determined, you know? Because, of course, with anything, when, when the progress is slow, you know, it starts yeah. to hit. So, like, what helped um, you keep at it? You know, uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier about Pesci, but having that support group, yeah. having people in your life that will nurture your passions, that, that will be there for you, that support you, having an environment around you that will will 
you know, sustain those passions and those loves that you have. Um, you know, I'm blessed that I have great friends, great family, uh, mm -hmm. with me that, that allow me to, to pursue those things and, and people that will encourage you. Uh, and, and just, I, I was able to find like-minded people like myself that yeah. again, you just, That's you important. build each other up and you're there for one another. Mm -hmm. Um, in college, there was this girl that I dated. I'm not going to name her name, but, um, she was, it was a very toxic relationship mm -hmm. just for many reasons. But she would always criticize me. She was like, what's with the voices? What do you do the voices? Why do you do that? What's, that's so right. dumb. Like, and it was, and so for me as someone that makes my living making voices and, you know, mm -hmm. being silly and all that stuff, it, I kind of, it kind of, it kind of, kind of closed me off a little bit or that portion of my, my, you know, my journey. Uh, yeah. you know, you kind of, you, uh, maybe if I, if she, she wasn't in my life that maybe I could have pursued voiceover even earlier, uh, mm -hmm. got it, got it off the floor a little earlier, who knows, you know, but it's, it's, it is one of those things where it's like, you know, make sure that, that you have people around you that are going to nurture and encourage and, and that are like-minded that, that are just going to be a positive influence on right. you. And, and that, that the same goes for. You know, it doesn't matter if you're your voiceover. That's not exclusive to just voiceover. You could be, you know, if you want to be a plumber, find other plumbers. You know, if right. you want to be, you know, a guitar player, find other guitar players. If you mm -hmm. want to be, you know, a truck driver or, you know, a model or whatever, like, like find other people that are going through the same experiences and having the same thoughts and, and kind of going through the same struggles that you are that way, you know, you're not alone. And, right. and it's great to have these people in your lives that again, will just encourage and nurture, um, your growth as a human being and as an artist. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, I would say like, you are definitely the company that you keep, you know, like, absolutely. The people that you have around you definitely got to either have like the same goals, same interests, or at least got to support you, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of when you're kind of just going through like your social circle and you're realizing you might have some folks that might not align with it, you know, it might be difficult to cut some people off. But I think it's important when it comes to the goals. That's good. That's deep. So what do you think is the biggest hurdle that you had to get over in terms of voiceover? Do you think that's it or like um, was there other things? Part of it was that. Part of it is also the way that you, you handle it. Um, yeah. you know, one of the piece of uh, advice that I got from one of my college, uh, acting teachers. And again, you know, I remember it clearly to this day, but she said, you are your own business, mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not, you know, you are your own brand. You know, are you Coke? Yeah. Are you Pepsi? Are you Honda? Are you Toyota? You know, what are you? And figure right. out who you are and like what you put out there and what you give off to people. And in, with respects to voiceover, um, there is a degree of overhead that, that, you know, you need to get started, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and you have to look at it less and less of, I am doing this as a hobby and you have to think of it more like I am starting a business. Right. Like I am legit going into a business venture. And if you do it like that, then maybe it'll be a little bit easier, but there is a certain amount of like overhead financially where it takes, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta build it up. You gotta have some capital. And, and one mm-hmm. of the great things is like, you know, you can kind of work your way up. Like I started off with like a $200 microphone and an iPad to record. Yeah. And, and, you know, you build your way up. Like it does, you know, you don't need to throw down a bunch of cash all at once. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you make little upgrades here or there, like you would in a video game, like you would in an yeah. RPG or something like yeah. that. You know, you go and you, you upgrade the, this, you know, and instead of the armor or the shield or the, the, you know, now you're upgrading the mic or the preamp or the, you know, it's just, it's just like that. So if you treat it like that, um, you know, I, I think it'll serve you very well. After I graduated from college my parents man they were <laughs> they were like we want you to go to grad school you need to go to grad school you gotta get a, get a master's degree and at that point in time i was so burnt out with school um yeah. and and i had i had taken a lot of what i had learned already in college and and i got my bachelor's degree and i was like i cannot i cannot do another three years intensive of like just i cannot like i'm just i'm gonna burn myself out and so, like I said, um, my voiceover classes, mm-hmm. all the studying that I did, all the, all that, that work, that was effectively my master's program. Yeah. That was my graduate school, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, if you look at it that way, if you look at it through that lens, it might serve you very well. Again, you know, think big picture, think you're starting up a business, think you're, you know, long-term, you are building something um you know the the type of success in this industry is not going to happen overnight you just you put in all the work and you take all the classes and you you do all that stuff and unfortunately nobody's really going to notice nobody's going to take notice until the success and the wins and like all the the cool jobs Mm -hmm. and all that then that's when people are going to notice they're not going to notice when you're you know staying up late taking classes doing all the homework doing all like that's just yeah, it's people just, not seeing know, the journey. They just see the nope, results, you know? Nope. It's just part of the process, you know? Yeah. I have my master's degree, and that's not a flex, you know? Wow. No, no. God, God bless you. Well, well, thank you. Well, thank you. But, like, I graduated last year, 2020, and I knew I wanted to, like, do voiceover, like, seriously. Like, at the end of my first year of my grad program, and I was just in it kind of, like, trying to juggle like voiceover in graduate school but just going to graduate school just kind of like sucked to that creativity that yeah. i like wanted to like put into yeah. vo you know and once when i started taking classes really getting into it i'm like okay like this makes sense you know i'm around these like-minded people and this is something that i actually want to do you know like i'm all for having a backup plan like master's degree is kind of that but <laughs> i was in the classes like man i wish i was in vo like i wish i was like and that, on that's something right that, that does push me every day. You know, it's like, you know, I have friends of mine that that book something and it's like, oh, man, that's really cool. And I'm like, I'm happy for them. Uh, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's even a jealousy thing. It's just like a damn, I wish I could have been in that or damn, I'd like to work with with yeah. that company. Or, I'd, I'd like to work with that on that series or, you know, whatever. And it's like, you know, you tell yourself, you know what didn't happen right now, but I'm, I'm my chance. My time will come. And, and mm. again, you know, those are the little things, you know, having those people, um, and again, it's not a jealousy thing and it's just, it's, it's those having those people around you kind of pushes you and it drives you to like, you know, you just, you got to take it to another level. Got to take it a lot farther. Yeah. That's yeah. the cool thing about like this journey, you know, and this is something that like, 
I kind of experienced in like other hobbies, but VO is like learning to celebrate people's victories rather than like, you know, getting jealous. That definitely goes a long way and just like, you know, not getting like either burnt out or jealous. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that I want to be in and I'm trying not to marry the idea of like getting in certain like certain projects. But, you know, if anyone will put me in fire emblem, you know, I won't complain. <laughs> but, like, so I'll, I'll say this, man, because when I was in my college theater program, yeah. it was cutthroat, man. It was cutthroat. I like, went to theater school. I see how the theater majors were. I, I know it, how it is. It was cutthroat. Yeah. And so I was, I don't want to say that I was like a battered puppy or anything like that when I came in a VO, because I think that's a little too dramatic. Mm-hmm. But, based off of the experiences that I had had in my, my college life. And like I said, voiceover, my classes, those were my graduate program. So I kind of came in to the voiceover community when I was taking some of those early classes and I came in very defensive. I came in my guard up and I was like, all right, which one of you is going to try and shank me (laughs) back, whatever, like who's, who's coming for me or whatever, you know? Right. And it took me a little bit of time to to realize, oh, wait, no, like these people aren't like that. Like nobody's trying to get you. Nobody's nobody's trying to backstab you. Nobody's like there's none of that stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And everybody's really nice and super supportive. And like on a certain level, you kind of almost have to like unlearn certain things that you were conditioned to, at least for me, from yeah. my college experience. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I'm, I'm glad that I didn't let my negative experiences in college affect what I'm doing now at this level in this community. Yeah. <clears throat> now there's two different roads, how I want to take this conversation. So I'm going to go <laughs> one road and kind of loop around to the other, but okay. I think this one makes more sense. Now on the top of the classes, you started teaching with, a uh, Kirsten day. I did. Yeah. Um, how did that come to be? And how was it like to transition from like going from taking classes? I'm sure you're still taking classes as everyone does, but like taking classes to like teaching, like was your first class, like, were you nervous? Did you know like what type of advice you want to give? Like, how was that experience? You know, it's funny cause I had never done classes until I started teaching with Kirsten and sound on, but mm-hmm. I had done a couple of private lessons um, before, like some people had reached out to me. It was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm young. I'm trying to learn voiceover. Uh, I'm, you know, do you teach private lessons? And I was like, again, that was sort of where I really, really kind of cut my teeth a little bit. And, 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 yeah. you know, just as far as like trying to be able to like break down a piece of copy, break down, um, the fundamentals and, and, you know, the, the technique and what's, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, and it's tough because I don't think I have like a method per, per se. I don't Mm. know if I have like a technique or, or, you know, anything like that when it comes to teaching, I'm I'm more kind of organic, which I mean, it works, you know, you, you kind of go with your gut, you kind of go with your ear, you Mm. know, you go with, with what feels right. I'm a, I'm a little organic that way when it comes to how does this feel? How does this sound? Um, yeah. Can you close your eyes and listen to something and immediately picture it in a video game or can mm-hmm. you picture it in on a, on a cartoon or, or, you know, anything like that? Like, is it like, just close your eyes. Like, does it fit? Would it work? Right. You know? And to me, that's, that's the test right there. It was like, would that work? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know you mentioned Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures earlier. Uh, this was before COVID, but I was in the studio recording. Uh, I'd come in, you know, doing a couple of guest spots on Barbie Dreamhouse, and yeah. you know we recorded all that uh, prelay as a group. Which almost mm-hmm. never happens. Like usually, oh, when, you come like in, so when you come in, you just do like your, you know, however many lines, and you do that, and they kind of piece them together. Um, right. However, sometimes, you know, um, especially for animation, if they really want to, if they're really serious, if they really want to commit to it, they will try to get everybody's schedules all together and yeah. have everybody all in the the booth in the studio at the same time. Which, believe me. It's a lot of fun, man. It's it's so imagine. much more fun. And it's like, okay, now you go off of what that person is doing. And then like you just it's you know, it's like a it's like a radio play. It's like an audio drama. And I freaking loved it, man. And mm. when I'm there, you know, uh, I just, you know, happen to be chilling out, getting ready to go in. And I ended up sitting down and talking with Kirsten. And she we just hit it off. She's just great people. And we just had oh, a yeah. a great vibe. Um and based off of that that little bit of work that we did together on Barbie Dreamhouse, uh, she was like, "Hey, you know this this is years and years later down the down the road." She was like, yeah. "Hey, I'm doing this sound on studio thing. Would you ever want to come and teach?" And you know, it's a gut shake. You know, it's like, "Have I ever? I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, am I? Can I do it?" And and some of it, you know, you can either run from it or you can run run through it. You right. can just dive dive right in. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't know until you try. And, and, you know, it's funny because I remember that first class where I was like, okay, am I overthinking it? Am I like, you know, you, you know, you do get nervous, but it's like, yeah. it's the good kind of nerves where it's like, I care. Like, I want to try, I want to do, I, if I'm going to teach, I want to make sure that you guys are getting something from it. Like, I, I want to make sure that, 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 you know, it's worth your time, that it's worth your while. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you, you start like, you know, kind of getting in your head a little bit. And it's almost like when I started VO in my early days where it's like, okay, you start like getting nervous. And it's like, okay, do this. And this, and it's like, it's great. It's great. It's one of those things that like, lets you know that you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but yeah. Yeah. And it's like, at least from the student perspective, well, was my class like your first class or did you do some prior to that? I don't remember which class. Cause I, again, Kirsten would bring us in like every month or so. Mm-hmm. So it might've been, I don't remember. Ah, I would have looked up first, a month. First or second class. Okay. Okay. Because it was like early in the year. It was either April or May. It might have been. It might have been. Oh, wow. It might have been. Historic. Well, yeah. just on that, like, just going back from when you was taking classes, I'm sure you were taking classes with people you probably looked up to in VO, or maybe you just looked up, you know, with that VO teachers and, like, you found them. But it must have been just cool to see people that was just – excited to like you know meet you like you know surreal i remember when i first started my very first voiceover class was with Mm -hmm. charlie adler who if you if you're you know if you've watched a cartoon in the past 40 years charlie adler's probably been in it right and i remember when i was growing up Back in kind of like the mid, late 90s, Nickelodeon would have these little vignettes that they would play in between, like on the commercials uh, of episodes and all that stuff. And they would give you like a behind the scenes look. Like one time they would do like behind the scenes of like SpongeBob or Mm -hmm. behind the scenes of like, 
you know, Rocco's Modern Life or like, ah, real monsters. And I remember seeing like, I'm, and I'm telling you like nine-year-old Joe <laughs> who's, who's watching cable TV at his grandma's house. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing Charlie Adler in the booth doing what he does at the yeah. highest level. And again, you know, they, you know, Nickelodeon is kind of peeling back the curtain. You know, it's like, hey, you know, this is how the cartoon is made. This is what we do. This, these are the I people that. that voice it. And again, just me as, as an eight, nine year old version of Joe, like that, to the fact that, that, I'm, that I'm still able to recall that and like recall it so vividly, you know, fast forward to me being, I don't know, 25 years old, taking my first voiceover class with charlie adler i mean bro like yeah it just it like it doesn't it doesn't Crazy get any stuff. better than that like it's yeah. you know like that's that's what it's all about mm -hmm. you know like yeah i mean it just you get you get chills you get like goosebumps thinking about it it's like oh my gosh like yeah this is so surreal now it comes you know? full circle because you know Absolutely. someone that played breath of the wild watched jojo was like man this guy, I and need that, to meet this guy, and, and they I'll, do, I'll, and they, you know, gets you know excited to see you. That's like I'll tell you, man. During some of those sessions um, for Breath of the Wild, like we would be done, and I would go back to my car, and you just have a moment where it's just like, dude, mm -hmm. like I'm working on on Zelda, like yeah, that there's it's it's such a surreal feeling. It's un real it's unlike anything else and again going back to five-year-old version of joe that mm -hmm. is in his cousin's house playing the original zelda on the nes yeah playing ocarina of time on the n64 playing wind waker never in a million years could i have imagined that that version of me would go on to be doing what I'm doing right now. It's, it's, it's like, yeah. It's surreal. surreal. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I could just, I could just imagine how you felt just sitting in the car, like, yo. When they, when they told me what, you know, what we're working on, it was, I've never won the lottery. I probably never will, but I imagine it, that's what winning the lottery feels like. Mm -hmm. Cause did you know what you was auditioning for when you was, no wow secret they were real and again they 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 usually don't they keep very everything kind of hush hush because they don't want leaks to get out they don't want spoilers mm -hmm. or anything like that so again they're very like hush 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 um and so day one i come in and they're like so joe it's the new zelda game and it's oh, like man. oh man you just need you just need a moment to collect yourself. Like again, yeah. like what what is going on here? You know, this is the coolest. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I hope you get more roles like that because uh, I could, I could just imagine that feeling. It's just like, how do you recapture that? You know, again, if you if you're not geeking out, if you're not having those moments where it's like, oh man, like if you're not having, if you're not auditioning for things and you're, you're, you're not saying to yourself, man, I really want that job. Then, then maybe you got to check your pulse, check your head, you know, like something, <laughs> something ain't right, man. Because let me tell you, man, there are auditions that I get on the regular where it's like, 
I want to be in this. I want to do this. I want to be a part of this, you know, and, and, you know, it, it pushes you just, it it drives you that extra level, you know? Yeah. Now I just have a few more things I want to touch on because we're getting about that time. Do you have any, I guess, tips on networking? Um, God, tips or secrets? I don't know if I have a tip or a secret or anything like that. Um, do it, do it network. I mean, that, I mean, I, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's tough because prior to, to, to getting into voiceover, I would say I was a very introverted, introverted person. I was very, very shy, very to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is a necessary evil. You have to do it. You have to talk to people. You have yeah. to follow up with people. Everybody's all email, 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 like all that is like, you got to do it. Like it is just a part of, 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 of doing voiceover and in, in voiceover, you're not just, I found out very quickly, you are not just an actor. Like right. if you, if you think like, oh, I could just be an actor and like, that's that man, so wrong. So yeah, wrong. Awakening. like, okay. Especially right now because everybody's working from COVID. So not only are you your own actor, now you have to be your own like engineer tech guy, because mm-hmm. again, everybody's working from home. So you got to make sure that you are on top of, you know, your mic and your um, audio and your processor and like all that, like all that you just got to be like on top of it. Yeah. You know? And so one of the other hats that you have to wear is also like your social media. Like, okay, you got to be your own hype man. You got to be your own publicist. You got to, like, you got to do that stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm a believer of out of sight, out of mind. So if people don't see you, if they're not, you know, like, recognize, unfortunately, you have to remind people that you live, that you're alive. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's it's just, it's a part of our business. Like, and you don't want to be like a human pop-up ad or you don't want to be like, Mm-hmm. you know, bugging anybody and there's a right way of doing it. There's a wrong way of doing it. Um, but you know, just, Hey guys, I'm around. I exist, you know, that don't that's forget it. About me. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget about me. And again, there's, again, there's just, there's a right way of doing it, a wrong way of doing it. You know, the biggest advice that I could give when it comes to some, something like that is, don't look at people for what they can give you or what they can get you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just, just look at them as people, just, just, you know, the person just, just, right. you know, just don't, don't think of like what opportunities or what you can gain from them or just, Hey, I like this person. And there it's, it's crazy, man. Cause I have friends of mine that do really cool stuff that are in some really cool projects. Yeah. I don't know them as so-and-so that works on this. I don't Mm -hmm. know them as so-and-so that is on that series. I just know them as, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. Cause that's it. That's I just, I just like, and, and I, (laughs) I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. Sometimes I don't even watch what they're doing. Like, I'm like, like, okay, I haven't played that game yet, or I haven't watched that series yet or anything like that. So it's like, I'm mm-hmm. completely lost on like, you know, what they may or may not be working on. Um, but it's like, I just know the person. Yeah. And, and to that's me, totally that, fair. Cause like, as we open, yeah. you know, just busy, just doing your own stuff, you know, yeah. it's totally fair that you might miss a project or two, but yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So. But um, to segue to my final question, 
All right, all right. This might be my final question. We'll see. <laughs> um, when it comes to networking, the classes, you've been doing this grind for quite some time. How do you think, besides of the obvious, like, you know, we're working from home now because of COVID stuff, but I think we're going back to the studio, A. Eh? Um, how has it changed from when you started to now in terms of the processes, maybe in terms of, like, the people that you have classes with? Because I'm... I tweeted about this. Uh, I had a class with, I think it was Patrick Seitz. And just being in that class, I was looking around. There was like so many voice actors of color in there. And that made yeah. me feel like really comfortable because I'm like, it's nice to see that like, like we're all grinding and we're able to represent yeah. the roles that we're auditioning for and the roles that's out there, you know. But um, just, you know, I guess tell me how maybe it could have been different back then compared to now. Maybe it wasn't just... I guess that's that's actually a really good observation on on Patrick's uh, part. Um, just in the past, I don't even want to say three years. I'd say maybe two years, mm -hmm. maybe even year. There has been a greater push for authenticity as it pertains to diversity, which I absolutely love. Um, I love that people are more open to colorblind casting and and giving people of color opportunities that they might not have gotten 10, 20 years ago. Right. Um, you reminded me of something. When we were working on Barbie dream house, again, prelay, we're all in the same, uh, booth. You know, it's one of those big, big booths that they can seat, you know, seven, eight people at a time. And we're all doing that. And one of the things that I absolutely loved was looking at that cast and you can look up that cast right now go on id imdb look at that cast oh say less because there's a very very diverse cast mm -hmm. you know and I, I get it like i get it it's barbie you know and there's it's almost it's i don't want to say it's become a punchline but like for some people especially people of color like barbie might even be perceived as an insult right one of the things that I really, really appreciated the hell out of them, um, and even you look at the writers, you know, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. you know, women of color. You look at you look at, at the cast, you you have a great diverse representation of different cultures and backgrounds on there. And Go again, ahead, Barbie. I, I would have expected this from Barbie. Yeah. That's awesome. And again, looking at looking at at you know the people to my right, people to my left, mm -hmm. I was like, I I it was it was definitely a moment that I was very proud to work on that that show, right. And I think that is the direction that we hopefully continue to go in. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, man. Real That's quick, like a, real quick about Barbie, man. Because uh, originally, the um, they were they were they had reached out to me. They're like, "Hey, does anybody know a Hispanic actor? We have this one role where we need somebody to to play a Hispanic character." And they sent me the audition, and I auditioned for two characters. One was a Hispanic guy, and mm -hmm. the other one was a Russian Russian bad guy. Yeah, I booked the Russian bad guy. <laughs> I did nice. not book the Hispanic. Wow. So there's a couple of things that you can take from that. You could take from it. It's like, okay, well, it doesn't matter. He can play, he can play the character. Doesn't matter the color of his skin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Hey, that's an opportunity that, that I'm, I, 
that came my way and I was able to, to run with it and roll with it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I appreciate that they came to me trying to, to, to look at it through a perspective of, we want to have that representation. We right. want to have that level of authenticity mm-hmm. and not just, you know, whoever. Yeah. You know, Cause, um, that's big. Cause this, when I was a kid, I would be so obsessed. I don't know why I was like that, but I'd be so obsessed with like looking up the cast of voice actors, even when I was younger, just watching like Cartoon Network cartoons. And uh, <clears throat> it was people like, you know, Phil Lamar that was just like voicing these uh, black characters. And I was like, oh, Cree Summers, for example, another one that really yeah. had me was like, okay, like there's some represent- representation, excuse me, of people like me in these shows. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't, you know, I might look up a black character and it wouldn't be a black person. I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. But it's getting better nowadays. But yeah. it's just nice to see that, like, shows such as Barbie, who was kind of, like, taking the initiative before last year when everything was happening, uh, was making that effort. That's really good. That's really neat. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I would like to thank you for your time. I know we got Survivor Series coming up. That's maybe right. right now. It's, I think, I think it's, it's like going on right now. It's 9 p.m. here, so I think it's starting. So I know we're both wrestling fans. I was pretty excited to find that out about you, that you also like I, I am. I'm a big, big wrestling fan. Uh, I, I, I struggle right now to watch anything that's WWE because it's hard to watch right now. It's, it's oh, real hard. They yeah. just laid a bunch of people off uh, yesterday or two days ago, and it's, just, it's, it's hard to watch. I'm more of an AEW guy. Uh, and even at that, it's hard to watch, uh, not because I don't like the product it's because I actually have kids. And so my kids, like my daughter is like, she controls the TV. She's always wanting to watch her shows. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, being able to sit down and watch some wrestling, you know, is kind of hard to do, but man, I got uh, full gear the other day. I I got the pay-per-view and it's just, it's great. I love wrestling, man. I love it. I love it. AEW has been killing it. Mind you, when I was younger, John Morrison was like my favorite wrestler. It was very obscure because not much people liked him. But yeah. that was my guy. And seeing him come back, I'm like, all right, he's going to get the push he deserves. He was killing it in the indies. And then <sighs> nothing, nothing. I was so disappointed. So Again, disappointed. that's one of the reasons why it's hard to watch WWE because they have these, like, and it, none of it is the talent's fault because you look and, oh, like, yeah. you, especially a guy like Morrison. I mean, my God, like, you look at the things that he can do. And I think we all know really? he can wrestle. Like the yeah. things that he that I, we have seen him do is just amazing. And like they don't do anything with him. Like they don't. They don't yeah. It's like it's, why it's, you bring him? Yeah. So it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And that's one of the reasons why I have a hard time watching, um, like an NXT or even mm-hmm. a Raw or a SmackDown. It's like, why am I going to watch these characters and get invested if you guys are going to end up? screwing something up or like releasing yeah. these people or you know like it's it's hard to watch man um yeah. once when i hear that an nxt person i like is going to the main roster i'm like oh Ooh. no oh no that's rough yeah that's rough yeah but hey hopefully survivor series is good the build's been okay but we'll see how it goes <laughs> we'll see how it goes whoever's left on on <laughs> on the wwe <laughs> roster Someone posted a tweet. If I find it, I'll send it to you. It was like the chair, like the fan chair from the Royal Rumble of 2019. I think there was like 94 superstars. And like 
only it was like less than half was left. Oh. Bray Wyatt wasn't even on the chair. I'm just oh. like, what's happening? That's hard. That's hard. Oof. But yeah. So fingers crossed for a good pay per view tonight. Let's but thank you for so. your time. It's yeah. been great. Do you have um any maybe personal projects that you might want to talk about? Oh, uh, like I I mean it's I tough because there there are some really cool projects uh that I've that I've worked on recently that I can't talk about as far yeah. as stuff that I can talk about uh that are that you know is out right now. Um, Age of Calamity just celebrated their one year anniversary. There's some new right. DLC that just came out, so if you guys are big uh, Age of Calamity fans, check it out. Um, also Transformers War for Cybertron uh, trilogy Ooh. on Netflix. I am Cheetor on that. Nice. Um, so, so definitely check it out. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I'm allowed to talk about right now. Uh, okay. but there may be some really cool announcements coming down the line. Awesome. So. And what's your, what's your Twitter? So people can know to follow you uh, and keep up. at Joe Hernandez VO, uh, same thing on Instagram. I'll be honest with you. I'm more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram. Uh, but hit me up there, you know, at Joe Hernandez VO. That's where you find me. Awesome. Well, Joe, it was a pleasure to catch up with you. Yeah. It was a nice chat. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day, my friend. You too. Have a great Survivor Series. (laughs) Nice. You too. (laughs) We'll talk to you later. Bye.